Welcome to the LNP Sound Event Forum podcast. For those that are wondering why we're in stitches, that took me about four goes to say. And it's took me four goes because, Paul, it's been so long since we've done a podcast. Two, three weeks, maybe. I know. We've had we've had two weeks of highlights of stuff, where which was all pre-recorded. And then uh, last week's one, it was great. I hardly had to do anything. I was only in the last 30 seconds, which is great for me. So we are going to try and bring some kind of uh, system back to the podcast you know we do our best for you, but it's not easy. Not with me and Paul. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Today's guest, we have Mr. Chris Jones, who has become a forum legend over the last few weeks. He's from Boys and Girls Promotions. He's doing some fantastic things in and around Oxford. But his business has been so easy. He does event planning. He does wedding planning. So he's had no issues whatsoever, have we, Chris? Good morning, sir. How are you? And morning, 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 gentlemen. Uh, yeah, life is just a uh, cigar on at the moment. It's so easy. The government, the government guidelines are so clear. Um, business is booming. Um, I'll take my tongue firmly out of my cheek now. Well, um, that, that, that's actually the end of the podcast, Chris. Thank you for that. No, it's nice to have seen you, sir. Good luck. <laughs> Chris we know it's difficult it is for every event organiser tell us about your good self and what you've been through the last six months and where you see the next six months yeah the last six months have been have been very interesting um, I've been through recessions and other bits and um, you can sort of work your way through these things because you can see this sort of end goal we've been in the uh, event staffing and events management business in Oxford for about eight years now. This is probably the most challenging thing I've, I've had to deal with. Historically, we've just done a, as I said, uh, staffing and events management for events in and around the Oxford area. Oxford is uh, an interesting place because the university obviously has a massive draw for, for people, um, not only from a public perspective, but also from an events perspective. I think one of the things, and not to um, downplay Oxford in any way, shape or form, we haven't got one of those massive venue spaces. You know, our biggest venue space, which is the King's Centre in Oxford, could take a thousand people. So we tend to do events, anything from sort of a hundred up to a thousand people. And that's our, that's really is our sweet spot. And of course, Chris, based on what we're hearing from the football world, that may well be the sweet spot for many up to a thousand, mightn't it soon? Yeah, I mean, as all of us, we were all waiting for that 1st of October announcement and we thought we were hopefully going to get something, you know, in my mad world, I thought we were going to get something around 300, 500 sort of thing, which which would have been us back in business and, and doing a lot of stuff. But, you know, as from going from nearly 600 events last year to, you know, a handful this year, it's it's been quite a transition. We're a small company. We do quite a few events. We're very focused on customer service for our for our staff supplying, you know, events, whether it be car park management right through to looking after VIPs and speakers and everything in between. So registrations, uh, room management, uh, food and drink service, all those sort of things. So there's a real range of what we what we deliver, but it's been a very, very, very challenging year. I think like everybody at the beginning, when we looked at, when we first went into isolation, I was glued to the BBC, uh, watching updates on a minute, hourly, daily basis, just to see what glimmers of information would be coming out about to get us back into, into the industry. And, you know, I think looking back now, I had this sort of um, 
look of, oh, this will all be over in a couple of months and we'll be back to normal. And it was soon apparent that that just wasn't going to be the case and we were going to be in this for the long haul. So week three, week four, I think I had a bit of a sort of, oh dear, this is going to be a little bit longer and a bit more serious than we thought. As a business, we really had to make sure that we were going to be ready and waiting whenever the end was, whenever that light at the end of the tunnel was going to come along. For us as a business, we wanted to make sure that we were visible not only to the community, the events community, but also to to potential clients and to make sure that we were still out there. People still knew that we were going to be about. We were sort of re-evangelising about our skill sets and what we delivered. And the key thing, as I say, was, was to make sure that there was communication with the venues and, and other event sector professionals. So um, we had the mad idea of setting up this LinkedIn group and it was more, in the first instance, it was more about making sure that we were we were all talking to each other and we all knew, understanding what problems, issues. I mean, there were all these new words that had come out, furlough and isolation and all these other new narratives that we hadn't heard before. So it was quite key to make sure that we were all seeing it from the, the same hymn sheet. We all knew PPE. What were the issues with regard to PPE? What sort of mask should we be wearing? Should you be wearing gloves? What sort of face shields? I mean, we had a week when we were going through testing face shields to just see which one would work. Again, with masks, you know, did you want N95? Did you want FPP? Something else. There was a lot of conversations that were taken about and we were just, we were just wanting to make sure that, you know, there, as a community, that we were um, able to have the conversations, understand what issues people were going through and make sure we all got through this. The worrying thing for me, Chris, is you've gone to these drastic lengths that you never thought you'd have to go to, and they are drastic. You know, We never ever thought we'd be in this period. And we're in danger of losing people such as yourself. And if we lose that attention to detail, where do we go? Where do we go as an industry? It's a good question because, you know, the expertise in this industry is unbelievable. And one of my biggest frustrations is the government just doesn't seem to understand the risk assessments, the health and safety, the delivery of, of the events, the project management, the on the day event skill sets that are in place, post events, um, the technology that you know you can use to review events and, and improve things. There is so much skill set out there that if it's just let to go, I don't know what we're going to do because you can't just say, oh, I'm going to employ somebody new in, in three, four, six months time because that experience just doesn't, you can't just buy that. You know, we've got people in Oxfordshire who've got 25 years experience of, of the event sector. You know, that's just invaluable. So it's key that we keep going. It's key that we keep communicating. It's key that we keep pushing the government. The one thing I think we've done locally, and, and it's been very pleasing, and you know, there was no there was no hidden agenda with regard to this group. It was it was to be very open and, and honest speaking about all aspects. And that could have been from the fact of, you know what, my business is really in problem financially, right through to what do I do with my staff at the end of furlough? Because if we haven't invoiced any business. I'm not sure how we're going to suddenly start paying staff once furlough's finished. So it's a very difficult problem, and I'm not sure we've got all the answers. But what I do know, and what I'm very pleased at, the communication that we've had with venues, event people, risk assessment people, caterers, audiovisual people, 
the conversation that we've had in Oxford has been absolutely tremendous. And we're already seeing the shoots of collaborations that I would have never thought would have taken place that are now taking place because of those conversations that we had. You know, we're only going to push and make sure that that, that continues. I'm hearing things now that Boris is maybe changing up. You know, this March deadline was a little bit difficult. And, you know, I'm a big football fan. Uh, I'm missing going to watch my team. Um, what, what, what is your team, Chris? Oh, I'm always frightened to say Arsenal. I'm a big. Arsenal. Never mind. We're, we're sorry for that. <laughs> Don't worry. Counselling is available. There is there is training for that these days, Chris. We're getting better. We're getting better. <laughs> On a serious point, I think you know both those industries actually. You know we need something. You need to get those fans. You know our local. We've got two local clubs, Oxford City and Oxford United. They are absolutely on their knees, and they will be unless I'm pretty sure there's most clubs will have a minimum amount of fans that they need just to sort of stand still. So if you're not getting and you haven't got a billionaire owner, I don't know what you're doing. And it's the same for the company, you know, businesses. We've been very lucky and, and I touched wood. We, we, we had a few pennies in the bank and it's seen us through, but that's not going to last forever. And, you know, if we're March, April, May next year, and we still haven't got back to a reasonable amount of events, I'll have to ask myself some questions about the business and where we're going to go. So it's a difficult, difficult thing. I'm not sure what the answer is. And the worrying thing for me, Paul, this week is the rhetoric coming from government. I have never heard so many, many people in Parliament say, go and get another job to the events industry people. We've seen it with one of our forum members where it was actually tweeted to her, but it's also now coming out in public quite a bit. That is dangerous ground. That is almost saying we don't want to support you. It was something I didn't put in the forum yesterday because I was a little bit like, is this fake news? Might as well hit the nail on it. The whole Rishi Sunak thing yesterday with the ITV interview. I feel like he got railroaded into that. It went out that ITV reported that he basically said musicians and people in the events industry should go find jobs because we're not going to support you. That is not exactly what he said. And ITV did retract it. It took him about eight hours, but ITV did retract that. However... His statement was generally industries that are in trouble at the moment. People need to find other work, which basically does say what I've said for the last couple of weeks is the government are not going to help our industry anymore. These grants that are going out to the music venues that were supposed to start going out last week, which have now been delayed because there's been complications. Uh, that's the last of the money that's going out to anyone. I'll, I'll be very to the point and blunt with this. Don't expect the government to bail you out. You yourselves, whoever's listening to this, whoever's in the industry, you are the only person that's going to bail yourself out of this. Now, if that means you have to go get a job elsewhere, supplement income, that's the case. But if you can find other ways to make revenue like we've done, we're still an AV company. We're just doing different things with AV. We've managed to maintain some of our clients. That's what you've got to do. It's all about thinking outside the box, but do not sit there and think, Actually, the government might U-turn and they might send us some grants. They ain't going to do that full stop now. They've made that very clear. And I think, Chris, coming back to your good self, is that at least now, although the language we might not like and we might not appreciate it, at least it's given us an indication now that we aren't going to go and get the Alp and we have to go and seek other incomes. I know you've done that with a group of your own, haven't you, Chris? You've not sat there and, and waited. You're going to make things happen because the one thing we have been in for six months is we may be back. We now know we're not, and we're now being told that we need to get real, and we might not like it, 
but we've been told to get real. We need to go and seek perhaps another job or another way of income. I'm not looking for a, a handout. I'm ready to go now. All I'm looking for now is the restrictions to be held. We have got the most skilled people in delivering COVID secure events. Fact. There's nothing else you can say about it. People are ready to roll. In Oxford, we've got over 70 people in this group, ranging from university right through to somebody who makes sandwiches outside an event, whatever, whatever the case may be. These people are ready to go. It's not a case of, oh, we want a grant and we want a handout. You tell me I can do an event tomorrow. We're happy. We're ready to roll. That is the frustration you, because you're seeing certain things happening and you're thinking, well, how's that happening? And, you know, it's, it's something else in, a, in another industry, another sector, or 30, 40, 50 people can go into a pub or into a restaurant and nobody's blinking an eyelid. We did an event yesterday at the Sheldonian Theatre, which is one of the iconic venues in Oxford, and it was the Vice-Chancellor's speech, the, her address, which is one of the, you know, the highest positions in, within the university. We had an absolute fantastic team, although I say it myself, you know, stewarding, socially distancing, making sure everybody felt safe, everybody was comfortable. There was a clear plan of how we were going to take people into the building, there was a clear plan of how we were going to exit people out of the building. Everybody um, was socially distanced and enjoyed the event. Uh, the, the vice chancellor delivered a fantastic speech about where the university is going, whatever. But everything worked well. We had the debrief afterwards and the venue was absolutely 100% happy. It was an absolutely brilliant event. People felt safe. We talked to people at the time. They, they knew what they were coming in and they were expecting. I know there's still a, a little bit of a lack of confidence for maybe some corporates and some, some people to want to go out to events, cinemas, et cetera, that sort of thing. I get that. But we're, we're out here demonstrating what we can do. We're showing exactly what we can do. We're showing that you know, these are COVID safe environments. We're ready to go. If the government, as I say, if the government says tomorrow, you know, you can do 500 people as long as you do it you know, securely, we are ready to action that. From an Oxfordshire and from a, an events perspective, we are ready to go. That's it. Chris, you're an absolute inspiration. And, and the passion there is amazing. I mean, people will hear it. We've obviously seen it because we're on video, but we, people can hear it as well. And of course, you will help other people out with that and how to, how to, how to become COVID safe. Chris, just to end the podcast from your, from your good selves point of view, tell us how you are helping others with the group you've set up. Well, I mean, the key ethos of the, of the business, and this is this is a major point, we could have easily just sat back and gone, okay, we're going to worry about our own business isolation. We'll just, we'll just deal with things ourselves. That would have been a way to go. I'm very clear that Oxford, Oxfordshire, needs to have everything working properly. Venues, production companies, event organisers, everything. And if we're not looking at the bigger picture of making sure that everybody feels safe coming to Oxford, my business doesn't, doesn't work. If I take a, an absolutely holistic view and say, I want to make sure everything in Oxford is working well, my business will do well. That, there's no doubt about that. It's making sure that we're all just thinking holistically now. We're all communicating. We're all collaborating more so than we've ever done. And that's the key messages that we're just trying to push out in the group. And we are definitely seeing the results of that. 
the collaborations and the work that we've seen and the, and, and the events that have taken place over the last three or four weeks or three or four months even, we did one of the first hybrid events at, at the King Centre, which is, as I say, one of the biggest uh, venue spaces in Oxford. And we've pushed out and promoted that. That made conference news um, and some other things that we've done, a recently thing we've done at the Ashmolea Museum, another hybrid event, that made some um, industry news as well. But it's just about making sure that we're talking, we're communicating, we're collaborating, we're making sure Oxford is open and we're ready to go. That's the bottom line. If you are in and around the Oxford area and you are struggling, go and buy some of this guy's passion. Go and buy some of this guy's determination. He'll sell it to you because he's got loads of it in waves because he is he is inspirational. He is going to drive Oxford forward. And if we drive Oxford forward, we'll, that'll mushroom out into other areas, surrounding areas. Chris, the best of luck to you, sir. And we really mean that because if we, if we get half of your passion, half your determination and half of your care, because that is a big thing now, across to others, we will succeed in this industry. So thank you much for joining us today. Just to finish off the podcast, it's going to be quite difficult, but do we have a news roundup today, Paul? Yeah, we do actually. And it is quite positive, believe it or not. Yes. I, I think Ben's in shock. So we did have uh, something land uh, yesterday. First story was about the fact that the O2 Arena in London will start hosting shows from December. They've already announced some of the shows. I think Squeeze is one of the first acts to perform there. And they're going to do, obviously, a limited capacity, but they're back up and running. Um, it then came out literally a few hours later that the Royal Albert Hall and Alexandra Palace was to follow. So this is a good sign that some of the bigger venues may start kicking things off and we may get some tours back sooner than we hoped. This also kind of coincides some of the stuff that we were talking with earlier with some of the um, football. Now, I know that's not going to affect all the leagues because I know for a fact uh, you're talking about, say, Oxford United. Ironically, my team, Walsall, have got to play Oxford United in a few weeks for a, a trophy and it's all going to be, I'm going to be watching it from a laptop because they won't do it. But I think if they can get people back into at least the premiership stuff, it's a start and it start rolling out. So generally, things may start a little bit sooner than we thought. I think there's other, again, like this whole situation, if we were back where we were six months ago, we assumed that certain events like conferences would start back before festivals. Festivals came back before conferences. I think this is either way, we can't predict how this is going to go, but as long as some events are starting to happen, it does mean that further down the line towards that March deadline, we might be back sooner than uh, we originally hoped. So, yeah, it, it's, it's looking promising. Well, I've just had a press release from the O2 and I said at the Squeeze concert, they can't wait for it. It's going to be really cool for cats. Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thank you for joining us, Chris. You're a champion of the industry. Paul, we haven't actually spoke. I'm going to say something now to finish off the podcast. Your conference two weeks ago was amazing. And from the whole forum, and I know I said it on the date, but we were both knackered. But now we're both a little bit fresher. Thank you, sir. And for doing one in another six months' time, we thank you again. But my God, you were glutton for punishment. Make sure you... I, know, take... I must be mad. I must be mad. But we're going to do it again in six months' time. Yeah. So thank you for everyone, all the lovely comments, all the stuff on social media and yes it was very much hard work but I think we pulled it off very well so anyone who did watch it or has watched it on catch up um, I hope you enjoyed it and again thank you to Chris for being on one of the panels no thanks um, guys lovely brilliant so really 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 loved the fact that it went so well yeah watch out six months time we're doing one near the end of March more details to follow and on that 
I'm off to find out some more puns about Squeeze. Thank you very much for joining us all. <laughs> See you soon. Cheers, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah.